Welcome to the Fires Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every fireman instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Before we get to today's topic, a quick mention of today's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearm Trainers Association. Head on over to their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage and their pricing. On checkout, use special code FTP10 for 10% off on your policy. I use their insurance and think you will too after you check them out. This episode is also brought to you by friends at Pig Lube. Pig Lube brings you the best performance for your firearm by combining high-grade synthetic oil with nanoparticle technology. They also support the 2A community by sponsoring competitive shooters and firearm instructors everywhere. Order some Pig Lube today, and I'm sure you'll be telling your students about it because the unique applicator allows you to use less and then get it where you need it without the waste. Check out their other quality cleaning products and swag at piglube.net and use coupon code FTP20 for 20% off at checkout. Well, this is the second of a three-part series this month that we are doing on COVID-19 and the impacts to training. Tonight's episode will be about what the National Training Organization's responses have been to the pandemic. And we'd like to welcome once again, Clint Macro, who was on to do podcast episode or part one of this uh, series and talk about the National Training Organization's practice about it. So welcome, Clint. How are things going tonight? Oh, great, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me back on the show. It's always a pleasure. It's great. As I said, in, a, in uh, part one of this, you did a great um, service to your instructors to go along, update them on all these different practices. And I thought it was uh, just my duty to go along and try to share that even further so that other people could learn from it. Because quite frankly, there, there is a lack of information or consistent information out there that you really have to dig to find uh, you know, the, the, the current information. And if I can get the information out there quicker and faster, and more uh, accurately to the instructors, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can. Absolutely. We, we have a duty to help uh, uplift the cadre, right? So, you know, spreading that gospel, spreading the good information is very important. Exactly. And let's, let's put it this way. If, you, if somebody in California picks up something from the podcast and does something great with it, that's super. If somebody's down the street from me, picks up something and keeps themselves, their family and their students safe, that's, that's what this podcast is all about. Amen. Well, Clint, for those people that didn't listen to part one yet. Can you give us a little bit of your background? Sure. Yeah. My company's called the Trigger Pressers Union. I'm the founder of the Trigger Pressers Union and uh, also the co-host of Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and me. Uh, that show's been on for, for about a year and a half now. And I'm also very honored to be the co-administrator of National Train a Teacher Day. I, I co-administrate National Train a Teacher Day with Grant Gallagher. He's a uh, NRA and USCCA training counselor out of uh, New Jersey. And uh, we just had our third annual National Train of Teacher Day on August 1st, and it, it went over very well. It was great. Uh, we're going to be coming out with a new date for, for 2021. That'll be the fourth annual. We don't know exactly when that's going to be yet. Um, this year, we had some, some struggles. Uh, we originally had it booked for for uh, June, but of course the COVID thing hit. And so we felt it was prudent to go ahead and go ahead and postpone it. Uh, so we moved it to August 1st. That was our reschedule. And there were a lot of the volunteers that had done a, quite a bit of work in the last two years that just weren't able to do anything this year because of 
you know, state mandates and, and ranges not being available, but um, still a great deal. Many of the instructors all across the country uh, put on programs for teachers, school staff, administrators, and youth leaders, and were able to help empower and educate those folks that are charged with the education and protection of our children. And so uh, I'm very pleased to say that that went off, uh, went off well in 2021. And I, I do have to say, or excuse me, 2020, I do have to say that uh, the United States Concealed Carry Association, Sabre, Red, and Taser are all official sponsors of uh, the third annual National Training Teacher Day. And they supplied uh, books and classroom supplies to instructors that were teaching their particular curriculum. Uh, so that was uh, very generous of them, and that helped to uh, you know lessen the costs that each individual instructor had to uh, pony up to make this happen. Uh, we're living in unique times. That's uh, probably a, an understatement with everything going on in the world today. But, yes. uh, unique times. Well, hey, I'd really like to give a special shout out to one of our uh, uh, listeners who I don't normally get to see, uh, see listeners on the show, but he happens to be with uh, Clint, and that's Stephen Lespina. So. Thank you, Stephen, for being a loyal listener, and uh, you get to see the show firsthand because you're seeing it as we're recording it. Yeah, Stephen's going to be co-teaching with me tomorrow, so he, he came out from uh, eastern Pennsylvania, so it's always a pleasure to be working with uh, some of my guys. Mm -hmm. uh, if it helps everybody, if it helps you know educate American gun owners, we should be doing it. That's, yeah. that's the bottom line for me. You know? Well, hey, Clint purpose of this uh, episode is to go along and start talking about what the national organizations are, because I know in the 10 years that I've been a training counselor, uh, doing virtual classes has pretty much been uh, forbidden across the board by all tra national training organizations. But there was a big watershed moment when they all of a sudden they realized that states were going into lockdown, that there were you know, impossible for students, for students to get to instructors, instructors to put on classes. Can you describe to us some of the stuff that has uh, gone on with the national training organizations? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. It was unprecedented. Now, granted it was an unprecedented situation and continues to be. So there were so many first time gun owners that just came out and bought up every gun in, in every store in every town all across the country. And I believe I believe June was the largest month of gun sales like ever recorded. And that I was think. after May, which was the largest uh, yeah. uh, gun month. Nick's checks that they've ever gone. So it's been one after the other. And who knows what July is going to be or even even other months this year with, with the election and everything else coming on. It's, uh, it's going to be a very interesting year. Absolutely. And, and I really applaud the national training organizations such as the NRA and the USCCA because they recognized that they needed to make a special accommodation for this situation that we're in right now with so many people being unable to book up a classroom and to take, you know, 10, you know, 8, 10, 15 people out on the range. And so, like you said, it's always been traditionally like forbidden to do any of these uh, structured courses in an online fashion, you know, using any type of like Zoom or, or, or go to You had to physically be able to touch those students in order to be able to teach them. That, yes, that was yes. the you know, mantra that, that I've always been told and was always teaching the instructors that I taught. And, and that's prudent too. And we're handling firearms and even with these special concessions or, or, uh, you know, these, the ability to do some online training, there is, there is some protocol in place for that, but NRA came out right away. And I was very pleased. I think a lot of that had to do with the leadership of Martin Sprick, 
who uh, is, has been uh, in leadership there um, with uh, John Howard. And they, they put forth this edict to say, okay, we're going to temporarily allow accommodations for instructor to offer virtual components, um, part of the uh, courses that are taught for the NRA basic rifle, basic pistol, and basic shotgun, and the personal protection inside the home, which I, I was very, very pleased to see that that was a, a possibility to put on virtually. Um, and, you know, uh, we're not going to have students handling guns on the other side of a camera, but we're able to give all of the lecture point of instruction and stuff virtually. And then you do need to have an in-person session where you would do your, uh, your practical handling exercises and, of course, the live fire. Uh, but this gives us the ability to teach these classes to a larger group and a group dynamic virtually and then meet up with them one at a time or two at a time at a range when, when it's schedulable. And then uh, after that live fire portion and all of the objectives are met, then we're authorized to supply them with a certificate. One, one thing to note on this is I believe that there are special PowerPoints for doing the virtual training from the NRA Yeah, they uh, that you can download from the nrainstructors.org uh, with it. And it does not apply to instructor classes. So as a training counselor, I can teach the basic student courses, but I cannot teach the basic instructor courses uh, virtually. Right. Right. And those, uh, those special PowerPoints, when you download them, um, you know, assuming uh, you're listening and you're an NRA certified instructor, you can go log into your account on, on nrainstructors.org. On your main page, of course, uh, about halfway down the page, you can see all of, the, all of the PowerPoints and tests and all of the information that you're authorized to, to use. Well, on there, you can right click and download those particular virtual PowerPoints. They're, they're very well uh, marked. You, you can't miss them. And once you download those on the first page of that PowerPoint, there's a, a document that's embedded and it's a, a memorandum of understanding. So you have to read that memorandum of understanding. It gives you some guidance on what you can and can't do while teaching the course virtually. And then you have to uh, sign that and uh, file that with the NRA. Uh, so um, uh, it's pretty important that you do that if you're going to be doing the class. And also the virtual classes can be listed on nrainstructors.org. We, we administer them on there as such. That's, that's cool. That is a, a big step from the, uh, from the uh, just six months ago by the NRA, uh, go along and, and be allowing those uh, virtual classes. Yeah, I mean, it, they really did answer the call with that. And, and you know, there's a lot of turmoil right now in, in Virginia with gun rights, and there's a lot of turmoil everywhere with what's going on with COVID. But they recognize that, you know, so many of our fellow Americans, our fellow citizens were arming themselves. And that's only one part of that Second Amendment. They also need to be well regulated. And that's where we come in as instructors. We help to, uh, we help to, uh, embolden our fellow citizens to be well-regulated by getting them the training that they need to recognize their own competency in whatever pursuit they're doing with their firearm. So to allow us to do that virtually was, was huge. That was, well, uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's, yeah. I know my, um, concealed carry classes, which is kind of, you know, my intro into, into, into gun handling, uh, as their, the attendance has gone up quite a bit. And a lot of those are first time, 
uh, gun owners that saw the need to get trained. And there are also existing gun owners that go along and realize that, you know, with the problems we've had with riots, with protests, uh, you know, calls to defund the police, all those types of things, they want to go along and have the educational knowledge, be able to go along and defend themselves or their family if, if it would come to that. Yeah, and we're seeing an, uh, an entirely new type of client, too, in our classes. I, I've, in the last couple of months, I've had more PhDs in my class than I've ever had in my entire life as an instructor. So we're getting a lot of adult people who are generally, you know, pretty well educated and they're professionals. So, you know, this isn't like you're not normally seeing like the 18 year old kid that's, that's uh, scrounging together change to pay the range fee, you know? So, you know, these folks appreciate a, a professional presentation and they're, they're, you know, they're paying, paying for tuitions too. So, you know, I've been telling people, a lot of my instructors, they're saying, well, man, ammo is more expensive. Range availability is harder. Like the cost of my classes are going up. What do I do? And I said, well, raise the cost of your class, raise the tuition price. You know, we need to do this and we need to put this information out there, but I think it does our family is a disservice if we go broke doing it. So there's nothing wrong with, with, you know, charging a little more for the class if that's appropriate. Cause I think the, the clientele that we're getting now, well, quite frankly, can afford, you know, an extra 20 bucks for their, for their tuition. Whereas, you know, it might've been a little cheaper a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, what about the, um, USCCA and their their uh, response to the uh, to the uh, pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. The USCCA, of of course, uh, did not accommodate for doing a class on Zoom. That was never a thing that was uh, permissible there either. But in in answer to the need that the instructors had, uh, and answering that call, they they came out with an edict to where we can also do some virtual training with uh, the USCCA curriculum. So we can teach any of the uh, concealed carrying home defense fundamentals courses. Uh, for those that, that don't know, the concealed carrying home defense fundamentals curriculum actually has three certified classes that we can teach. There's a basic handgun, there's a home defense module, and then there's uh, the certified concealed carry course. Also, we can teach the countering the mass shooter threat program. Uh, which is a fantastic program that looks at the data for, uh, you know, these these uh, mass murders, spree killings that have taken place over the last couple decades and looks at the knee-jerk reactions that are made by many politicians and really analyzes would they have made a difference. And, of course, they wouldn't, and, and we know that. And, you know, one of the things that needs to be done in that case is to get rid of the gun-free zones. Uh, but with that said, at the end of the class, the second half, we look at all that data and we help to empower the people that we're giving the show to, giving the class presentation to, and help them to devise their own emergency operations procedure, uh, you know, that's, that's going to work for them in their school or in their church or synagogue or their place of business. So that class we can do uh, as an online course uh, or as a virtual course. I, th- I think online course is not the proper terminology. Doing it as a virtual course. Uh, emergency first aid fundamentals is another one that we can do virtually and the uh, women's handgun and self-defense fundamentals which also has a couple courses that can be taught within that curriculum so there's a wide variety of classes that uscca instructors if they're certified to teach them they can offer them in a virtual setting now you must ensure that your state's guidelines are followed for any classes that require an in-person shooting portion so obviously, if, if state X requires you to do a, 
you know, an in-person qualification where they have to shoot a certain amount of rounds, well, then obviously you would need to organize that and conduct that in person uh, if you're going to be giving them a certificate that, that they would take to a state agency to get a carry permit. Uh, but you do need to get approval from instructor support. You can't just willy-nilly put on a virtual class and get and get credit for it or hand out a USCCA certificate. So you got to con- uh, contact instructor support before posting the training on the uh, USCCA training portal and uh, allow the support team to help them um, with whatever the best practices are for the time. You know, what's working and what's not because they're constantly evolving uh, the the uh, how and why when it comes to the virtual training. Um, all the classes must be posted on the training site to receive credit and rosters will need to be submitted just like they normally do uh, when posting a virtual class. You do have to add the word virtual to the title. Um, you can't see this, but I'm actually doing those little quote mark things with my fingers when I say virtual. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to add that to the course title. Uh, so it would be like uh, virtual concealed carrying home defense or virtual uh, counting the mass shooter threat. It has to be added to that. Um, so it's it's pretty awesome. So if there's any questions, people can reach out to the support staff, instructor support team. And of course, that's support at USCCAinstructors.org. Uh, and I would say reaching out to them in an email is probably the easiest and the quickest way. They're usually very, very fast to return those emails. Yeah, they're dealing with the, you know, social distancing and everything as far as being in an office environment. So using email is probably a little bit easier for them to respond than if you, uh, call them and expect them to jump on the phone right away for you. Yeah, actually today I had to, I I had to get a couple of DSF level one instructor packets uh, secured for a few of my students. I, I charge them the full price and then I supply them with the, uh, the e-learning access and then their textbook. And so when I called in, I had to wait a little bit longer than I'm used to. They're usually very, very fast. So you're absolutely right with, with what's going on in Wisconsin, as far as their state mandates, it's, it's, putting them at a little bit of a disadvantage. We're living in unique times. Yeah. Well, that's they, where, you know, having a little patience and, and a little bit of empathy for, you know, what somebody else might be going through um, on their end. Yeah, so, most certainly. And one thing I, I would throw out because anybody who's done the USCCA's course before, they know it is a PowerPoint with a lot of multimedia uh, presentation to it. Uh, Zoom does do uh, sound ac- across the presentation. But listen to part three, because in there we explain to you how to make sure that sound comes across appropriately. And part three is the uh, Zoom where we talk about best practices. Yeah, you're, you're doing that episode with uh, Matt Mallory, aren't you? Yeah, some guy named Matt, Matthew Matt Mallory. So. Yeah, I know, I know that guy. I know a little <laughs> bit about it. I tell you what, Matt's been doing an amazing amount of classes on Zoom like since this started. Like as soon yeah. as the, the lockdown and house arrest orders came out, he says, I'm going to start doing some of my classes on Zoom. And, and I tell you, if anyone can give you good advice on what to do, he's the man. Yeah, I was amazed when he, we were talking outside of the show and he's done 70 or some classes just since the COVID lockdown and everything else like that. Now, he's up in New York, so he's got different flavor of classes that he's teaching than in other places. But yeah. he's jumped into it, you know, hook, line, and sinker to yeah, really, really become an expert on it. And that's where you want to know Zoom uh, best practices list in the part three of this coming out next week. Yeah, I've done the, uh, well, I try to do a, at least once or twice a year an update for all my trigger pressers union instructors, uh, you know, the guys that have trained under me. So I, I did one on, on COVID and a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here. Uh, and I did a couple 
couple live or Zoom presentations at some of my seminars, but I have to admit, I haven't done like an actual interactive class yet. Uh, so it's it's been pretty interesting to hear a lot of how Matt's Kung Fu has evolved since the beginning of this COVID thing. He's really kind of worked out a good good way to do it. So that'll be yeah. a great episode. Part three coming next week. Well, hey, Clint, something else I think people might be interested in with all the new gun owners that are out there. Uh, there's probably not everybody's looking for a you know concealed carry permit class or or a stock class. They might be looking for you know a unique their own unique class. What suggestions do you have for an, an instructor who might be facing some students that say, "Hey, I just want to know the basics. You know, I just say firearm handling and how to shoot my pistol, my shotgun, my rifle effectively." Sure, sure. I mean, you know, don't don't forget that we do have, you know, like the first steps program with rifles and shotguns with the NRA that, you know, that's a very small kind of pared down gun specific course. But if you as an educator want to make up your own class and, you know, under your own brand, there's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, I, I applaud people that do that. And I have a few classes of my own that are under my own brand. The one thing I will say, you know, my litmus test for that is, is three things. Is it safe? Is it ethical? And is it contextually appropriate? And I think if it meets those three criteria, then God bless America, knock yourself out, right? It's a free country. If your students want something very specific and tailored, then give it to them. You know, if you have the knowledge to give them that information. But I, I would recommend, though, whatever you do, make sure that you document it. You know, all, all of the uh, national training organizations uh, have very well-documented lesson plans. And, you know, that obviously is so that folks like us as training counselors can very easily train instructors to teach the format. You know, that's certainly part of it. But there's also a great deal of protection liability wise when we have a very well documented, uh, heck, even a plan, you know, an SOP at a range or whatever, you know, having that very well documented plan is going to help us uh, moving forward as far as liability is concerned. And I think that's something that we need to be very, very uh, sensitive to. So, you know, especially when it comes to your course of fire, you know, with the, uh, with the US, USCCA's Concealed Carrying Home Defense Fundamentals course, it's entirely on the instructor to develop their own course of fire. So I talk a great length about this when I'm training instructors. Make sure your course of fire is well documented and you stick to it. You know, so I'm doing this, you know, for instance, I'm doing the aim small, miss small drill. And you notate where you got it from. Well, it's in the Concealed Carry Home Defense Fundamentals textbook, you know, in the Michael Martin book, you know, so there you document it. Uh, you know, quite often in, in many of my classes, even if they're of my own brand, I'll start off with Extend Touch Press, which is, uh, you know, what's taught in all of the ICE courses and in the USCCA's DSF program. And I'll, I'll notate that as well. So, you want to notate whatever your drills are and stick to them. And if you do happen to stray from it and you say, oh, just out of, you know, you may see the need sometimes to pull a drill out of your hat. And, you know, that's fine. You are going to know your students better than I will on the day. And sometimes it's appropriate to pull something out of the air or out of your hat. And if you do that, you want to go back and notate that on your, on your lesson plan and then record it. Put it in that, that envelope that has all of those waivers and all those you know, all the test scores and all that stuff so that you have documentation of exactly what it was that you did during that class. Yep. That's uh, really good. Good, uh, good suggestions there. Well, Hey Clint, got another 
kind of uh, challenge that I know a lot of instructors are probably facing right now, and that is comes to ammunition. It's just not that readily available. And that can be us or it could be our students or a combination of both. What are, what are some of the thoughts that you have as far as dealing with uh, ammunition shortages? Oh, it's, it's, ab it's absolutely incredible. Now you, you got to think of it this way too. You got to kind of step back and look at this at like a, at a 20,000 foot view right now we're in 2020. We're a couple months away from a major presidential election. What happens before every major presidential election? There's ammo shortages because everyone's running to go buy all their ammo before the, you know, the, whoever is the anti-gun president might possibly get elected. Right? So that's a thing. What happens after every time there is civil unrest or some type of natural disaster? Well, there's a run on ammunition. And, you know, with as many guns have been sold over the last couple of months, the ammunition would certainly follow. Mm -hmm. So that and combined with the fact that people are locked down for COVID, you know, all, when the house arrest orders happened and then a lot of the uh, law enforcement agencies were saying that they were limiting their response to certain calls. Boom, there you had it. A lot of people buying guns and stocking up on ammo. So, you know, we're kind of at a triple threat as to why their ammunition is kind of scarce. So it is tough. It's a real thing. You know, I've certainly had to take all of my classes and knock down the required ammo count for a lot of my classes. You know, I'll suggest this much, but at least bring this much, you know, and I usually I would have my classes, I'd pad them so that everyone left with 50 rounds. Because I think behaviorally, if your students leave empty with no ammo, they'll never practice because most of us are lazy, right? So they leave, the, they leave the range, they don't have any ammo, and they're like, eh, I'll do it next week. But if they leave and they've got a box of cartridges that they can go practice and front load their training, then there's usually some, you know, more people will do that. But I've will get a friend or a wife or somebody else like that and yeah, take, yeah, but, take them out and go, go, uh, go shooting. But right now, it's legitimately hard to find that extra box of 50 cartridges. So... Uh, I've found, you know, all of your big box stores, like they'll get a little bit in and then it disappears. But really, this is a systematic problem. It goes down to primers, man. I I've, I've have some friends that work in some major ammunition manufacturing companies, and they're even having a hard time finding primers. You know, so any of you guys at Reload have been probably crying that I can't find any small pistol primers, like you can't find them anywhere. Well, that's that's kind of everywhere. So, I can say this, you know, some of those big companies uh, and some of the very small companies have been having a, a lean time. Some of those middle-sized companies have been able to keep a stock going and a, and a flow of ammunition going. And I don't know how they do it, but like for instance, T1 Ammunition, which is actually a sponsor of Meet the Pressers. Uh, it's a company down in Florida and uh, she's been able to uh, keep, keep ammo in stock. And now, you know, she's not the cheapest ammo, it's very high quality ammo, but it's on the, I would say the higher side of reasonable. I think that's fair to say. And frankly, the fact that she's shipping ammo is, is pretty awesome. So it makes it reasonable then. <laughs> yeah. It makes it real reasonable. You know, supply and demand is certainly a thing. So yeah, T1 ammunition, that's uh, t one ammo.com. Check them out. And uh, you, you may very well be able to get some ammo there. And and they don't sell every single caliber in the world. It's mostly nine millimeter and five five six, but uh, that's a good place to find some. And you know, don't discount any local local companies. I I know in Pennsylvania we have a company um, called Master Ammo, and actually uh, it's run by a former law enforcement 
uh, officer and he's he uh he manufactures it it's it's not like he's there with a dylan press i mean he's he's got a real deal ap- operation and one of his things he does is he has vending machines in all the local sportsman's clubs and a lot of the local clubs have these indoor ranges where they might have some ammo restrictions where they need lead only or something like that because of how their how their uh, backstop is built or their or their bullet trap so he'll custom tailor loads for clubs and has vending machines so you go in swipe your card and a and a little baggie of 45 long colt comes out or, or whatever, you know. Uh, so I know he's been really good at keeping uh, local people stocked. He doesn't ship out of state, but I'm sure there are those types of uh, folks around. So, you know, going to Cabela's, good luck. Like you may get there on a day when the ammo shows up, you may not. But some of these other smaller and mid-sized companies might do the trick for you. Always but, support the small guys. Yeah, but I will say, you know, this, as as you have said before, I think in the last episode, you said, you know, we very likely could be looking at this kind of uh, lifestyle going into the next year. So, you know, it would be wise and prudent for us to uh, conserve our ammunition, right? You know, whenever someone says, what's the best way to train? I say live fire. I mean, it's the only way to get recoil management and slide lock stimulus. That's the best way to train in context. but considering with, I don't know when the ammo is going to be in stock again, it might be prudent for us to do a little more simulated training. And one of the things I've always been a big proponent of, and and I know you have too, is the cert pistol. Exactly. I think the cert pistol is worth its weight in gold. And Mike Hughes should be given a Nobel Peace Prize for revolutionizing the training industry because prior to the cert pistol, training was much, much different. Amen to that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, Mike Hughes for president. How about that? Let's see if we can get him get him in there. <laughs> hey, I think he I think he could garner a few a few votes uh, to say the least because uh, we're, we don't have a lot of good options. <laughs> yeah. So so anyhow, the the cert pistol, as you know, that's that's something that we can use anywhere. It could be done in a in a garage. It could be done in someone's home. Even I've done a lot of training in people's houses so that they could actually see what it's like to engage a target in their hallway and maybe get an idea of the trajectory of where the bullet would go if they were in their safe room, you know, so that they could maybe sure up that wall in the hallway, put a bookshelf there to, to make a little bullet trap or something like that. So uh, cert pistols are great. And, you know, they range in price. There's different models. Uh, the, the classic, the, the classic 110 version looks like a Glock 17. It's, a, it's about exactly the same size. And I think the same weight uh, as far as the pro model, they've got a plastic model and then the pro model, the, plastic one's called the performer um and they got a an m&p smith and wesson m&p version uh well it's modeled after the m&p mm-hmm. i think it's yeah the 107 uh, version yeah the 107 there's also mm-hmm. a pocket pistol which is kind of like uh, an amalgamation of i think a glock 43 a, a shield and then a, a ruger lcp yeah lcp uh, 9 type yeah, they actually, I believe uh, uh, Britt Lentz was telling me they took the drawings of all three of them and just kind of put them together and then made an average. And so if you envision any one of those guns, it feels pretty darn close in your hand. Uh, and they came out with the the SIG uh, 320. And I believe they do a version of it with and without a safety. The safety doesn't actually do anything except there's a nice positive click. So you can get those reps at knocking that safety off, you know, uh, as you're driving into an extended shooting position. Stimuli but, response, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and actually, I just got one the other day. Um, he came out with a new product called the Stick. And the Stick is basically an AR-15 that you slide your cert pistol into, 
and yours it it turns it into an AR15. So it's a great way to have uh, a cert AR15 that's not a real gun. They do have the bolts, but if I were doing training, say in a college campus where I couldn't have a gun there, I wouldn't be able to use a cert bolt because I would have to actually have to have the firearm there, even though it would be inert. It would there'd be no way for it to go bang. The gun would still be there. So this stick is it's a big piece of plastic and aluminum. But when you put your cert pistol in it, it becomes a very, very useful training tool. I'm jealous. Uh, I want one of those. Oh, uh, dude, when, to... you, when, you, when you put it together and you pick it up, you'll put it down and then you'll pick it right back up again. It's, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, I've, I've really seen cool. the video, a video that you put out there, and uh, it's, it's pretty cool what you can do. Yeah, what's really cool is they took special care to, to kind of figure out because the, the laser that comes out of it is actually the laser from your cert pistol. So one of the nice things about it is you don't have to buy a whole new thing. You can repurpose your existing asset of your cert pistol. But the laser, of course, comes out under the barrel, but they figured out it's very, very close to the normal offset of a standard A2 sight and, and where your barrel is. You know, obviously there's that, well, those of you that know ARs, there's like approximately like a three-inch offset when you're in close. Uh, from where your sights are, where your sight plane is, and where, to where the uh, point of impact is. So uh, they tried to mimic that as much as they could, considering they're using the existing laser from the pistol inside of this chassis. And you get your reps in. Yeah, you, you get know. your reps in, man. And it's it's a great way to work grip, stance, position, presentation, trigger cycle, uh, trigger reset, everything you need except for recoil. And if you have a coach there, you can kind of simulate recoil by banging a half full water bottle underneath the gun if you want to, if you really want to try to, you know, uh, simulate sight disruption. But there are some classes available too through the national training organizations where you can actually use cert guns, cert pistols rather, or training aids, and be able to hand out an actual, you know, proper certificate. Um, The NRA has the Pistol Marksmanship Simulator Training Program. Uh, and that can be administered by any NRA pistol instructor, and it does have a NRA certificate. So um, if you want to know how to teach that class, actually, I made videos for the NRA uh, when that first came out. I was a little heavier then, and I wasn't quite as good on camera as I am now. Not that I'm fantastic on camera. But <laughs> You're, it was good. A little You're bit, good, Clint. Okay. Well, I kind of look at that first Simcoe video. Uh, Simcoe is like the inside name for it. So the videos you see, they call it using Simcoe, but that's actually the pistol marksmanship simulator training program. But that first one I did, I felt like Diedrich Bader on, on uh, Napoleon Dynamite, like, I will teach you Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've kind of cleaned up a little bit from that, but uh, that course is available. Uh, Next Level Training actually has their own class called the Applied Fundamentals course. And if you go on to uh, certliving.com, I believe is the website, if, if you can double check that and put it on your show notes, uh, they actually, uh, Mike Hughes has actually developed a really, really slick class that even has drills and you can get, get the information to teach that course. Uh, which uh, right now, I'm not entirely sure. I think right now it's actually free to do if you sign up as a master affiliate. So uh, that might be something for someone to look into. I believe that Mike originally intended that to be like the class you would do in a warehouse after you took someone through like NRA basic pistol or, or uh, you know, a concealed carry course. Uh, but I certainly think with what's taught in there, if you just spend a little more time on grip and stance at the outset, you could certainly use that class for anybody that wanted to learn how to handle and, and use a gun safely and start to learn the uh, 
you know, the fundamentals of shooting. USCCA just recently came out. Well, they unveiled it at uh, SHOT Show was uh, the USCCA laser train program. So it, it's, it has an e-learning module and uh, students can take it on their own and USCCA instructors can take the instructor development and get certified to teach the laser train program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a, a USCCA class that would have a, a corresponding certificate for that too. Most, uh, most definitely. Those are uh, really some good, um, good suggestions. And then one thing I would add to that is if people are thinking about um, buying uh, cert guns and different things like that is uh, you can search around and find some deals. Um, I know USCCA has package deals where you can buy one, four, you know, 10 certs at the same time as you're doing the, the uh, training package. Um, it's just, you know, doing your homework and seeing what's, uh, available out there and what discounts you might be able to get. You, you could get a discount if you use TPU trigger pressers union. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. I believe that's a, I think that's a 10%. That might be a 15% discount. I'd have to double check that, but there is a discount there with TPU as a mm-hmm. coupon code. Definitely. Hey, Clint, we've covered a whole lot of stuff and appreciate you coming on for the second round of uh, this uh, series of events. I think it's been very educational to, to make sure people understand because I was talking to somebody just a couple of weeks ago and they said, you know, the NRAs had a hard time trying to go along and get this information out. USCCA instructors that I've talked to don't all know about the changes in virtuals, virtual uh, training that they can do. And I think it's, especially in these u- unique times that we are living, it's good for people to understand what they can do and how things are changing so we can respond appropriately because we, we were just talking about the number of new gun owners that are out there that are buying guns. Hopefully they're buying it for, uh, with the right education, but it's our duty, our, our responsibility as instructors and trainers, you go along, give them that information so that they can um, use it appropriately and not hurt themselves or somebody else um, because of uh, careless handling of a firearm. Sure. Absolutely, so, man. Question we, uh, that I've been asking all my guests this year, and I didn't ask you in part one because I wanted to save it for part two, but what books are you reading this year to improve yourself, expand your knowledge in any, any topic area? Well, I recently reread uh, Counter Ambush by Rob Pincus. Uh, I mean, as you know, anyone that listens to me, I've, I've been a, a disciple of Rob for a long time. Uh, he's definitely been a, a big mentor, and I really buy into his methodology. I, and I know a lot of his methodology is, has evolved from like Tony Blauer and, and other guys like that. And it's, it's, it's been very, I believe in it. Uh, so uh, Counter Ambush, that's a great book. Uh, I just recently picked up Mike Seeklander's book, and, and I know you have a copy of it there, uh, The Art of Instruction. The Art of Instruction, oh, yes. People can't see us on the screen here. So I actually, I could be, like I could take my shirt off and no one would know. That would be kind of weird. I would know and that would not be good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, The Art of Instruction. And, and I have not read that yet. Uh, that's on my pile of next book to read. That is a good book to read. I've, I've read it already. Yeah, very we, good. We were very honored to have Mike on, on Meet the Pressers and uh, – he, he just seems like the kind of guy I would like to spend a little more time from and, and learn from. So uh, when I f- found out he had that book, uh, it was something that I picked right up. I'm really hoping that he's going to be doing a course nearby me with, you know, 
within a 200 miles, 300 miles of my house. So I can go and take one of his courses because missed it last year. And he had a change of schedule around this year because of uh, COVID. But, um, I would really like to take an in-person class because if he's anything like what's in the book, which I would expect he would be actually be better, it would be a fantastic course to uh, go and really, really help me sharpen my skills as an instructor, which is what I'm trying to do every day in teaching, teaching courses and what I'm reading. Well, if, if you learn of one, let me know. Maybe I'll come out and take it with you. That'd be I, great. I, an, another book. I, I don't know if, if, if you know, but I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm highly, highly involved with, uh, pro second amendment issues in, in Pennsylvania. I'm the president of Allegheny County Sportsman's League, but I'm also the second vice president of firearms owners against crime, which is Pennsylvania's premier second amendment organization. Uh, so I've been kind of schooling up on dealing with politicians and, and that type of thing. And, and a book that I just recently read, uh, I read it again. I read it a couple years ago, but now that I've been so entrenched, it kind of me- meant a lot more to me reading it the second time, which is called Confrontational Politics uh, by Richardson. Uh, and it's, it's pretty interesting, pretty interesting. You know, we educate our fellow citizens and we educate elected officials too. And a lot of elected officials really know nothing about guns and they make no bones about that when you confront them. But there are some that just definitely have a preconceived political agenda. And those folks, you need to treat them a little bit differently. You know, of course, with respect, but it's sometimes worth being a little confrontational because that's what they respond to. So that's that's a good book that talks about that and and the efficacy of confrontation and perhaps the... Uh, the when and how to do it and the why. So pretty cool book. You might want to check that one out if you're doing any, any type of pro second amendment things with uh, your elected officials. But while I'm on that subject, if you don't mind, Rob, everyone has to learn about their, their candidates and vote. So make sure you get your friends to register to vote and get out and vote and learn about your candidates. Just because they have an R next to their name does not mean that they're pro gun. And just because they have a D next to their name, doesn't mean that they're anti-gun. Now, largely a lot of Democrats are anti-gun. I will concede to that. But there are some good pro-gun people that are, are Democrats. So don't just vote the party line. Learn about each individual candidate. And don't just look at, say, for instance, uh, a questionnaire or a rating that they might get from any particular national national organization. Because they fill out one one questionnaire and then that's it and they get a rating. You got to mm-hmm. look at their voting record. You got to look at what they say. And hell, why not even talk to them? Go meet them. Educate you know, them. Like, you, like you said, educate them. Yeah, most certainly. So, uh, yeah, look at the voting record and learn about your candidates before you vote for them. Great. Oh, really appreciate your time again uh, for coming on and helping us out. Like I said, you did your instructor update and uh, I stole the idea from you on these different topics, but I think it's something that we really needed to get out for the instructors uh, on a very uh, national basis because this is uh, a global pandemic, but nationally, you know, if we're going to be delivering training to people, we need to make sure we're doing it safely, making sure that we understand what the policies are for the organizations that we're representing. And also, you know, the third episode, uh, part for it to go along, know how to deliver them effectively. Um, it's, it's a passion of mine and I'm really honored to have you on. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to spread the gospel outside of my, my direct sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. And one last call out to Stephen Lespina. Uh, 
So it's kind of kind of nice having one loyal listeners uh, listening to the live recording of this. Um, <laughs> well, that's that that wraps things up for today. And if you enjoyed today's show, we have a few important requests to make for people. We want you to tell other instructors about this podcast. Tell them about the series. Tell them what you learned about it on all the different points and see if they know about how to best practice for COVID. If they know how to go along or what the national training standards are and do they know how to properly, you know, run zoom effectively for a virtual training. It's a unique world we're living in, in now and we have to adapt. I also want to ask you to visit our sponsor, the Fire Trainers Association, FTAProtect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Remember use discount code FTP10 at checkout. We want to ask you to subscribe to our podcast on Google Play, iTunes, or wherever you listen to the podcast at. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have questions, feedback, you're just bored in the middle of the night, I will respond. But send me an email at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Get out there practice doing some virtual classes and stay safe everyone concealed carry inc and concealed strives to share helpful information and education about gun related topics training tips and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners the information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel